This program is brought to you by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to Bible Basics with Mike Roberts. We want to welcome you to join us for another lesson in Bible Basics. And the topic of when forgiveness is impossible. The following is an article that I have revised. I, I don't really know where I got the article. I don't know who the original author was. But it is a great, great article, and it is worth our studying this morning. The title of this lesson may seem just a bit radical, but it is nonetheless a biblical concept. The fact that when forgiveness is impossible, it's one of the most basics of Bible doctrine, the doctrine of forgiveness. There is at least five situations that exist wherein it is impossible to extend forgiveness to those who sin and commit trespasses against the Lord and his people. It is impossible to forgive when there is, first off, no redemption. Hebrews 9 is a marvelous text detailing the great design and demonstration of God's plan to redeem man from sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, verse 22 says. But it was not possible for the blood of animals to secure the forgiveness of man's sins, Hebrews 10.4. Hebrews 9.11-15 reveals that the sacrifice of Jesus also worked backwards to those who sinned under the previous covenant. God forever solved our need for redemption having obtained eternal redemption for us through the blood of Jesus, Hebrews 9, verse 12. Continue on down in verses 13 through 28. Secondly, forgiveness is impossible when there's no recognition of sin. Man cannot be forgiven of sin when he refuses to recognize it. David learned this lesson in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. After his sin with Bathsheba, and the murder of Uriah, David took Bathsheba into his own house. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord, chapter 11, verse 27. It was not until Nathan was sent to rebuke David that the king recognized the error of his ways, saying, I have sinned against the Lord, chapter 12, verse 13. Similarly, Jesus commands that if our brother sins against us, rebuke him, Luke 17, 3. The purpose of the rebuke is to bring an awareness of sin to the offending party. Luke 17.3 also introduces the next condition of forgiveness, and that's repentance. You see, there can be no forgiveness where there's no repentance. That same passage says, if thy brother sins against thee, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. Perhaps no other aspect of forgiveness is more misunderstood than this. In our societal rush to appear loving and non-condemnatory, we toss around forgiveness without giving a moment's thought to whether or not the perpetrator even desires forgiveness. Jewish writer Dennis Prager noted uh, this following the school shooting in West Paducah, Kentucky. The bodies of three teenage girls shot dead by a fellow student at the American high school were not yet cold before some of their schoolmates hung up a sign announcing, We forgive you, Mike. They were referring to 
Michael Carnell, uh, the 14-year-old killer. This type of automatic forgiveness is not only wrong, it is grossly offensive. Who do those forgivers think they are? Such reminds me of the unity meeting between the self-appointed representatives of the Christian church and the churches of Christ. I remember how angry it made me to hear Max Licato and Jeff Walling and others uh, apostates apologize to the leaders of the Christian church for the defensive spirit held by those of us who refuse to fellowship those who use or accept the use of instruments. Faithful brethren were not the source of the division. The division was caused by those who idolized the instruments, choosing fellowship with the piano over the fellowship with brethren who insisted on a thus saith the Lord. Brethren who refused to repent uh, when brought to a recognition of their sins must be dealt with according to Matthew chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. Unbiased brethren must be brought in as witness to establish every word. If the brother is still unrepentant, the church is to be involved in order to bring about repentance. And if he or they will not hear the church, he must be disfellowshipped. We can no more forgive the unrepentant than can the Lord. Repentance is set forth in scriptures as a, a requisite for forgiveness. Luke 13, 3. Unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 2 and verse 38, Acts 3 and verse 19. If God will not forgive the unrepentant, who are we to extend forgiveness to the same? Then we have no restitution. When one is brought to a recognition of sin and is genuinely uh, penitent, he will, to the best of his ability, seek to repair the damage caused by his transgressions. When David was... Uh, Infuriated at the story of Nathan, uh, David invoked the Jewish law of restitution, 2 Samuel 12, verses 1 through 6, as he is dealing with Exodus chapter 22, verse 1. In Luke 19, we see uh, a similar attitude on the part of Zacchaeus. After meeting the Lord in Jericho, he said, Half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by a false accusation, I restore unto him uh, fourfold, Luke 19, 8. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of life. No man can be said to have genuine repentance who will not do his best to reverse and or repair the consequences of his transaction. In Matthew 3 and verse 8, John the baptizer commanded the Pharisees to bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. Paul said the same before Agrippa when he said uh, his message to the Gentile was to repent and to return to God and do works meet for repentance, Acts 26, verse 20. An old but effective illustration of the fruit of repentance is that of what is required when one repents of stealing. Can the thief repent and keep the stolen goods? Also, if one repents of Telling a lie, can he allow the lie to continue without attempting to set the matter straight? Restitution, where possible, is a vital uh, key to receiving forgiveness. And then, no reciprocity. As a gun owner and professor of a concealed carry permit, 
the law of reciprocity uh, are important to me. I want other states to recognize my right to carry as I travel, and I want Oklahoma to recognize the same from other states. Positively speaking, reciprocity, well, I can't get that one out, refers to an in-kind exchange with others for mutual benefit. Reciprocity is the very essence of the golden rule, Matthew 7, verse 12. Matthew 16, 14 through 15 teaches us that receptory is forgiveness is necessary if one would enjoy the privilege of forgiveness. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Too many Christians fail to understand the eternal consequence when they fail to forgive. The text is clear. If I fail to extend forgiveness... In even one matter, I forfeit the privilege of forgiveness of all my sins. Contrary to popular thinking in this culture of acceptance, there are times when it is impossible to forgive. But Christians should pursue the God-given plan of forgiveness, Luke 17, 3-4, and should always be ready to forgive, but only when divinely given conditions are met. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. And hope to see you again next week for another lesson in Bible Basics. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.